Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your life guide on the side. Welcome to the program. Man, have we got a good one for you today. Do you ever feel like your brain can't take any more information? You are overloaded, overwhelmed, and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody asks a question and some stupid fact about iOS 8 comes up and that you can remember for me it was usually math class is it math class yeah see i could never remember the math facts that's the problem that's why i'm on the radio Mm -hmm. but here's my dilemma i can't keep it all straight i can't keep my head about me so today on the show we're going to teach you how to manage your mind how to have a shot in the information age when information is pouring in at just crazy rates, how do you keep your head straight? How do you know what to focus on? How do you know what to let go of? That's today's show. So hang on. Get in your seat. Put your hands and your feet in at all times and have a great ride. Please keep your hands and arms inside the ride at all times. Now, by the way, think of that. I remember that. That is stored in my head. That used to be my uh, – that was my sign-off on my radio show actually. Was it really? Yep. Is that why your show's not on anymore? No, that's because I quit and went. Oh, that's because I, I decided to go to California and get married. There you go. Or, I mean, go back to Utah and get married. Just Yeah, you had to move to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys feel like you're overloaded? Uh, let me ask James because he's this young, oh, yeah, you know, he's, he's a, a young punk. Uh, and I'm thinking James's brain never gets overloaded. That's a false misconception. It, it's really incredible. That, Is it? Yeah, I put on a great... Great uh, facade, facade, yeah, Mm -hmm. that I can internalize everything just perfectly. Really? Not true, though. I mean, seriously, going to all my classes, then work, and then everything, it's Mm -hmm. just so much. Dating? Yeah, dating, too. I mean, I I collect stories like, you know, like coins. I'm like a coin collector, but they're stories. And every story— So you're like Benicio Del Toro in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Exactly. Probably. (laughs) haven't seen it. The collector. You haven't? Oh, gosh. I haven't seen it. Because seriously, that guy, his place was so – I think he needed this show because it didn't look that – I mean, he had everything bottled up and and stuff, but it still wasn't that organized and I could tell. Well, maybe we're going to find out today sometimes a little disorganization may help. Really? Yeah. Do you, do you have one not of those Not according drawers? to my mother. I don't well, know. I know, but your mom may not be a neuroscientist. <laughs> Is she? A junk drawer? There's Is a junk drawer. More? Yeah. You need a junk drawer. Yeah. Just somewhere you throw all your junk. Mm-hmm. I have a junk room. Yeah, we've got one of those, too. <laughs> I wonder if that's the same thing. Anyway, a great guest today, Dr. Daniel Levitin will be joining us. He is the author of the best-selling book, uh, The Organized Mind, Thinking Straight in the Age of Information Overload. Mm. I I would say we are in that sort of an age. I have have 2,800 articles. I've read 400 of them. I have... I have two thousand articles. Evelyn that, Wood and take the speed reading class. Yeah, no, I, I just collect them because I. Oh, I'm like that's a good one. I had to read that one. I got to read that later. I had to read that one later. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great one. I had to read that one. I never read them. <laughs> 
So uh, today, you know, we're going to learn how to get our head, you know, how to get your head on. Now, before we move on, I want to do some headlines. Okay. Headliners from the Matt Townsend Show, a summary of stories that you might have missed. We, we may have missed a few. Mm, I try not to, but... I doubt it. I highly doubt it. Ebola. It's in the United States. It Did is. you hear that? Yes. <sighs> Tell me we've got better news than that. I'm not too worried about it, though. Why? Because... You should be freaking out. There are doctors who are working on it. I'm not too worried. Oh, brother. Are and it's kidding? not airborne, so that's a comfort. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, too. No, it's liquid-borne. Oh, no. That is true. Yes. And as I'm drinking Bodily my beverage. fluids. <laughs> yeah. That's You're bad. hoping the person that prepared that beverage washed their hands. Yeah. Yeah, just stay away from liquids for the next two months and there you'll you be go. fine. <laughs> well, if you lived out in Eagle Mountain, you had to do that. Oh, really? Is, that, is there a water <laughs> yeah. problem out no, there? No, somebody actually broke into the, to the water facility and they thought, well, there's a possibility that somebody might have done something, but... Why? They, I, who knows why they would have broken in? Jeez. But, you, I mean, you, you, can't, you can't be cautious in this day and age. Okay. Or you have to be cautious, I should say. So they, they told okay. people not to use the water. So imagine. They, they tested it, and as soon as they found out, then they told them to go ahead oh, and use it. boy. So imagine you're living in that town. Sure. So now you have to worry about your water. But this is this – is, let me give you an example. Okay. I See, so these are all articles I want to read. I've collected them, ready right. to read them. Uh, want to reap? You could start the, now if you. No, well, I would. I'm kind of doing a show right now. Do you want to reap the full benefits of mindfulness? Yeah, I do actually. How to become a morning person? I want to know that. How the media manipulates okay. you? I want to go there. You want to know how to be a morning person, but do you want to be a morning person? Well, no. See now, okay. but it doesn't matter because I have the opportunity to learn that. You know what I mean? In the 1920s, it wasn't. I didn't have a, all these things I could go learn. No, you had to go to the library, and then if the library had it. Yeah, but I was probably just working, doing my job, Mm -hmm. not worrying about learning, oh, how about this one? How to be happy that you're hypersensitive. (laughs) Anyway, uh, how to mothers and daughters bonding over beauty. That's fascinating. Wow. (laughs) These aren't really fascinating. Yeah. Um, Anyway, why I'm saying this is I'm in overload because I've got too much information. I can't even read it, but I collect it. I'm a hoarder. I'm an information hoarder. Well, that's okay because you, it all fits on your computer. You don't have to worry about shoving it into a closet or into a room. That's true. That's really true. That's it's the difficulty like these days. Your family doesn't have to climb over it, right? Yeah. Well, people argue like what's the point of uh, of remembering anything when you can just search it up, you know? Well, see, but then I think we're going to get to a point where we can't remember anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have to just have one of those little uh, magnifying glasses somewhere where we can just – Put in a that's, search. That's called Google Glass. No, not those, but just a search because we're, we're not going to have a memory to recall anything because we've been too busy just saving everything and never actually learning it. We just know how to recall it. Isn't that yeah, weird? No, nobody's been practicing their memorization skills at all or retaining information. The brain's how, a tricky thing. How many yeah. phone numbers do you remember? One. Two. I remember two. Mm-hmm. Mine and my girl, my wife's now. Your girlfriend's? Oh, wait, <laughs> girlfriend's. wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> my girlfriend back then was my wife. I remember her number. I remember my number. Oh, and I remember my personal home. No, I mean current, current numbers that you can use. Two. Okay. 911, that's, that's number two. I, uh, my, yeah. my wife recently got a phone. I could not tell you the phone number. 
Oh, it's I, in my phone, but yeah. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't dial it. No, I have yeah. six kids that have phones. Mm-hmm. No, no, we have six phones. I don't know any of them, but my wife's. Right. Yeah. But they are in your phone if you needed to contact them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that pitiful? Mm-hmm. It's the mind. How about this? Mm-hmm. Do you remember your friend's address? Your your best friend. Do you um, know his address or her address? Logan Avenue. I do eighteen eighteen Logan Avenue. <laughs> See, I, when I was when I was growing up and stuff, I didn't remember the address. I knew how to get there. Oh yeah, but I couldn't tell you well, the that address. That was easy. It was eighteen eighteen, Logan Avenue. They say you can remember up to seven digits pretty easily. Yeah, but we have ten digit dialing yeah. here in Utah. I know, but see, I think the reality is that's probably most of the country now. I can't remember seven digits. No, to save my life. I can't even remember where I parked my car, and I just got here. I used to be able to, though. I, I could I could remember all my friends' phone. I don't remember them now, yeah. but in high school, I knew their phone numbers. When I had to dial them up, I just dialed them up. Maybe that's what it is. is you, the new technology, you don't have to. You, yeah. just, you can just look up their picture. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, mean, I still remember all of my um, childhood friends' numbers as well. To this day, I remember them just because I can remember really? the pattern on yeah. the phone. See, but mm. you're also a savant. Yeah, that's true. I am a savant. <laughs> I didn't think you'd admit it. That's great. Not an idiot savant, a savant. Oh, well, I appreciate that. You're That's... brilliant. Thank you. And ruggedly good looking. Well, as are you, Sean. Why, thank you. Um, today we're going to be talking about minds. We've got to get our minds organized. It's time, folks. We're going to teach you how to have a managed mind. Our upcoming guest, Dr. Daniel Levitin, will be joining us, the author of the bestseller, The Organized Mind, Thinking Straight in the Age of Information Overload. It is a New York Times bestselling book as we speak. We're going to learn deep here, folks. Great guest coming up. Up next on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are talking about the managed mind, how we can organize our minds or how our minds work in a way so as not to become overwhelmed by this new information age, all of this technology that's impacting our lives. And we've asked uh, a great, great expert and thinker to be joining us right now, the author of the number one bestseller, The Organized Mind, Thinking Straight in the Age of Information Overload. Dr. Daniel Levitin is on the phone with us. He's a neuroscientist, musician, author, and uh, has a Ph.D. in psychology from the University of Oregon. He also, by the way, had some an interesting little job where he taught at Stanford University in the Department of Computer Science, the program in human-computer interaction, and the Departments of Psychology, Anthropology, Computer, Music, and the History of Science. So, Dr. Daniel Levitin, welcome to The Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. Nice to be here. It is an honor to have you, a best-selling author. And by the way, just so a lot of you may know, one of his earlier books, This Is Your Brain on Music in 2006, which was, again, a New York Times bestseller. Uh, You've been working on the brain for quite a while, haven't you, Daniel? Uh, Yeah, about 20 years now, Matt. Did you what, t- talk about this organized, unorganized mind thing? Um, you, you talk about it in your book, but I guess... Do we all have unorganized minds? Is this something we should try to create a more organized mind? Talk, talk about that for us. 
Well, I think the, the fundamental idea here is that neuroscientists have learned a lot in the last 10 or 15 years about why the brain pays attention to some things and why it forgets other things. And I think to various degrees, all of us feel that we're overwhelmed. We're, we're being asked to do more at work and at home. Uh, we feel like we have less time than ever before. And there's some, we can take some tips from what we know about how the brain works that can help us to better organize our time, our homes, and our workplaces uh, so that we can be not just more efficient at work, but so that we have more time for spontaneity and creativity hmm. during the rest of the week. Do, so I guess we we are more inundated uh, you know, mentally, right? Cognitively. Is that is that part of this? Did did generations 30 years ago not feel this overwhelm that, that we currently feel? Well, that's a great question. And, and uh, we've got some statistics that, uh, you know, address that. So, for example, uh, this year, the average person, the average American, took in five times as much information as we did in 1986. Holy cow. That's the, that's the equivalent now of reading 174 newspapers a day. No, that was uh, from 1986. 18, 1986 to now. You want Holy to go back cow. a little further, yeah. 1976, the average grocery store had 4,000 products. Yeah. Now it has 40,000 products. Yeah. Uh, and we've, I mean, you know that. You go to the cereal aisle alone. There's, yeah. There's not just one Cheerios anymore. There's like four or five or six of them. And... That's the problem crazy. with all those products of the supermarket is that the average shopper gets almost all their needs met in just 150 items. <laughs> yeah, but, but we have to make 40, sense. That, That's right. Yeah, think about all think about all the things you've got to ignore just to do your shopping. No wonder we're messed up, Daniel. This is the solution. We're inundated yeah. by all this stuff, and most of it doesn't matter maybe to us directly, and yet everybody markets to us like it does. Well, so one of the things that we're going to see, and you know whether this is annoying or helpful, I think will depend on your viewpoint. But we're going to see marketing more tailored uh, to a person's interest. Okay. Uh, for example, you'll be walking through the mall, and your phone will, know, your smartphone will know where you are, and it'll remind you that you needed to, you know, go to this store, or that store, or yeah. that this product you you surfed for on the web a few days ago is now on sale at this store. So the marketing is going to become more focused. Unfortunately, that also probably implies it'll become a little more intrusive. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be knocking. It'll be ringing as if it's important to you because you're the one that's, you know, told them where you were and you're the one that let them in. Right. Although hopefully uh, we'll be able to, you know, to partition that and yeah. privacy settings or do not disturb settings for these kinds of things. It's really fascinating because here we sit 40,000 products in a store now versus 4,000, I guess, years ago. And uh, I can't even find my keys. Right, right. Me too. <laughs> so, or, or, or I can't remember. My wife made me a lunch today and I couldn't remember she had done that. And yeah. she dropped it off at my office and I think looked at me. She actually texted me basically with this thing like, what is your deal? You can't even remember your lunch? Come on, man. Well, it's because all of us are, are trying to keep track of many more things than we ever did before. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's not cognitive decline in most cases, although those of us over 50 might fear it. Yeah. That's what it is. It, it's really just uh, that... 
you know, we're, we're overwhelmed, and information uh, scientists have quantified this. Cognitive scientists now know that the number of things you can really keep track of in your immediate world and the contents of your awareness are about three to four things at once. Hmm. So if if you're leaving the house and you're trying to remember that you got to call somebody, you got to call Bill when you get in the car, you got to remember to bring your umbrella because it's raining. Uh, there are these two or three things you need to do as soon as you get to the office. Don't forget to drop the kids off at school. They're in the back of the car yeah, already waiting. That's right. And, uh, you know, your favorite radio show is going to be on. All these things, that exceeds the three or four that we're able to keep track of. So that lunch in the refrigerator just dropped off the radar. Yeah. And fell off. No, exactly. Exactly. And then we, I guess, I, then I think I'm going crazy. And yet you're saying, really, this is life. This is the new life with all the information. This is the information age. It's the new life, but it's not the way life was 100 years ago or, you know, 1,000 years ago. Information came very slowly, you know, 1,000 years ago. You think about, you know, great moments in history. uh, Yeah. I mean, you go back to our hunter-gatherer days, you know, maybe, maybe right after we learned to harness fire, that was news, but it was another 10,000 years before we discovered the wheel. That's right. And in between <laughs> there, everything else remained predictable. Well, pretty much. Relatively, yeah. right? I mean, you know, lions are going to eat you and, you know, right. deer are <laughs> right, great exactly. to catch. Right. Uh, so w- one of the things we can do about it all is we can try to externalize our brains. We, and that's just a fancy word for saying that we can let the environment keep track of things for us. Hmm. Now, one, some of these might seem rather obvious, but um, most of us, even if we recognize them as obvious, don't do them. Uh, <laughs> take the case of, of you listen to the weather report, uh, and you hear it's going to rain tomorrow. So you want to remember to bring your umbrella and, and maybe a raincoat. Rather than just try to remember, let the environment remind you. Take the umbrella and the raincoat out of the closet, put them by the front door. Oh, there you go. Uh, or in the back seat of the car, or whatever. Yeah. And the environment is now reminding you. You yeah. don't have to explicitly remember. You mentioned losing your keys. Yeah. If you have a designated place where the keys always go, it could be a decorative bowl by the front door. It could be a key hook mm-hmm. by the back door. If the keys always go there and you always put them there, then you don't have to worry about the case that so many of us face. Where you walk into the house, you got a hundred things on your mind. You set them down, mm-hmm. and because you were busy thinking about something else, you don't remember where. You don't put them back. I. That's why. Okay, this is making sense then, Daniel, because this is why my wife puts my shoes right in the doorway of my bedroom. Because right. environmentally, right. when I step on them, I'm going to remember to put them away. Right. Well, that's right. Uh, same thing with your lunch. The lunch has to. Somehow be, you know, yeah. when you first think of it, you know, lunch has to be somewhere in your view yeah. path. Or, it was, or at least I have to get the habit, but it was in the fridge. That's why a lot of times she'll yeah. put it out where my keys are, and then I'll never forget go. it. But so, so really, you're just externalizing. But, and then you don't have to use a thought, do you? Then you just almost use your pattern. I can't get in my car without my keys, so right. I'll need my keys. And if my lunch is right there, then, then it's just all kind of a habit of life. Yeah, exactly. That's... Uh, and, yeah, the the other thing that people do for things that are not quite so immediate uh, is they're, they're using their calendars more, especially mm-hmm. electronic calendars. So putting things into the calendar, 
uh, that are time bound um, to help you remember. So I'll give you an example. Suppose your doctor wants you to come in for your annual physical. Right. So obviously, you know, so you, you put that in the calendar. But maybe the doctor says, oh, I'd like you to drop by the lab and get some work done before you see me. So you find out, you say to the doctor, well, how long does the lab need to process the results so that we can talk about them when I come in? I don't want to have to come in twice, right? right? So the doctor says, well, give them 10 days. So that goes in the calendar. you got to go to the lab at least 10 days before the doctor's appointment. Uh, and then maybe you want to remind yourself a month out from all of that to make an appointment at the lab. Oh, right? sure. Just so that, you know, now this one doctor's appointment has become three calendar entries. Yeah. And the calendar is going to remind you. It's going to go off right. and tell you. That's exactly right. Oh, you know what? Okay, this is fascinating. We're going to take a break, Daniel. Um, I, I want to come back and talk because it seems like that's also disabling me to think, which I guess is good so I won't miss things. But I want you to teach us, am I getting weaker by depending on so many external things or is that actually enhancing my life? We're talking with Dr. Daniel Levitin, my friends. Uh, He's a bestseller uh, author from the book, The Organized Mind, Thinking Straight in the Age of the Information of Information Overload. We're going to take a break, come back, and continue learning how to manage our minds right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I can't get you out of my head. ELO's the group, the band. I can't get you out of my head, folks. I can't get all of these things I've read and my passwords. I have like 500 different passwords. A lot of people use the same password, but not me. I like to be creative. That's probably creating major problems for my mind. I'm not managing it very well. Today's topic, friends, is managing your mind so you don't have to be so overloaded, overwhelmed, and uh, and understanding your brain better. We live in the information age. Information is going to continue coming. In fact, at more and more, uh, at a higher and higher rate, more and more bits of information now need to kind of be processed in our little gray matter. Let's go to our expert. Dr. Daniel Levitin is joining us. And Dr. Levitin um, has a Ph.D. in psychology from the University of Oregon. He also completed postdoctoral training at Stanford University Medical School in neuroimaging and at UC Berkeley in cognitive psychology. He also taught at Stanford a variety of different classes and is a best-selling author. The book we're talking about today is The Organized Mind. Thinking Straight in the Age of Information Overload, Dr. Daniel Levitin. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you, Matt. Hey, so keep teaching us. The, uh, is our brain infinitely capable of, of, this pro, of this much? Can we keep growing in information processing? Or are we going to tap out? Or, or is that what we already feel when we are fed up? Well, I, I think... Um... As far as we know, the amount of stuff that you can store in your long-term memory is, for all practical purposes, not limited. So uh, it's not like after the age of 30, you no longer can store any memories of your own life or of the people you meet. Uh, And except for the cognitive decline that accompanies aging, the biological changes, it's not that an 80 or a 90-year-old's memory is running out, it's that they're experiencing... Uh, you know, some uh, biological decline of, mm-hmm. of the cells. 
but if if we figure out how to prevent that, there's no reason to think we can't keep learning new things and remembering new things. The problem, Matt, comes down to the number of things we're dealing with at once right now. Okay. That's limited. Yeah. And we're being asked to deal with more and more things at once. And so we turn to multitasking. And it turns out that multitasking doesn't really work <laughs> uh, because the brain doesn't do a bunch of things in parallel. Instead, it rapidly shifts from one thing to another. Okay, yeah. Um, this switching uses up a whole lot of neural resources. And so after an hour or two of rapidly switching from one thing to another, you feel kind of tired, maybe like your head's been in a salad spinner. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it's, and, and your, your judgment is clouded, and it's because you've depleted glucose in the brain. You've just, yeah, you, you've used all your energy. Right. So, right. so game That's over. Exactly right. But because yeah. the multitasking, I, I've never felt like I could ever do it, but it really is you, you have one chance, you, you know, you have one track you're on, and all you can really do is switch what you're doing on that track at any given time. Yes, that's it. that's basically the way it works. There's some exceptions and some you know odd laboratory demonstrations of, of exceptions, but in daily life it doesn't happen very often, uh, other, other than the way you described it. So it would be better, I guess, to not necessarily keep trying to multitask everything, but recognize that you know what's the most important thing to do. Maybe give us some keys. What what do successful people do, and how do they organize their mind? Well, it's exactly as you said. Uh, uh, you 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 prioritize and you and you work on one thing and you you devote yourself to that one thing for a while. Or if it's not work, leave your time, your hobby. You know, you're out to dinner with friends. You you do that activity uh, to the exclusion of other things, and it's more rewarding and fulfilling, and you really feel like you experienced it. Right. I think the problem today is that so many of us, when we're at home, we're plagued by nagging feelings of things we didn't finish at work or things we wanted to do differently. When we're at work, we're thinking about things we didn't do at home. Mm. And as a consequence, you're not really in either place. Yeah, and you're not present. Yeah. Right. Uh, And you don't get the rewards of either one, and you're not particularly effective at either one. That's why your vacation ends up feeling not being restful, and your work time ends up feeling not being productive. So as the efficiency guru David Allen says, if you just take a little, you know, a few simple steps to, uh, you know, this is the getting things done guy. Mm-hmm. You can take just a few simple steps of writing down what it is you have to do and prioritizing it and allocating time during the day. The point of that, Matt, is that at any given block of time, you want to know that what you're doing is exactly the thing you should be doing. Right. That allows yourself to that allows you to immerse yourself in it. So, um, you know, when you're on the air, you're not simultaneously trying to do eight or ten unrelated things. You're, oh, you're no. supposed to be on the air. Yeah, I'm right? usually taking a nap because, <laughs> because that's the only way I can stay focused. But you know, it's it is so true, Daniel. Because I, I just sit there and I think if if I could just do one thing well, you know, do it do it well this in the next hour. I actually feel better and I feel motivated and excited. And then when I have like 20 things I'm supposed to be doing, I get I get overwhelmed. But then I, I actually do don't do anything well. And then I get down. And and I think that's it. It's, 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 it's I guess that's just our brain wanting to do everything, be everything. And maybe it, do, does our brain think everything's equally important? 
Well, no, but there is a funny little biological uh, problem, which is that the part of your brain that makes decisions, um, decision-making uses up almost the same amount of neural resources, whether it's an insignificant decision or an important Oh, really? One. Okay, yeah. So after making a bunch of trivial decisions, like which kind of Cheerios to buy or um whether to write with a green pen or a blue pen, mm -hmm. uh, people have been shown to uh, have compromised impulse control and to make poor decisions, even for important things, like whether to put your retirement money in stocks or bonds, or if you were diagnosed with cancer, whether to get surgery or radiation therapy. These are important yeah. decisions. If, if you make them after you've made a bunch of silly decisions, your judgment is impaired. So the, so so really, I guess it, we ought to make a lot of those decisions early in the morning. <laughs> make that's them first. The advice, yes, that's the advice that comes from cognitive neuroscience. Make the important decisions early in the morning. Yeah, and and give yourself time for the really big ones to gather information and process that information hmm. before you make the decision. Yeah, that's fascinating, and, and that that gets into a lot of the talk about willpower and. But a lot of willpower is just decision making, and if you're if you're tired and exhausted because you've made a thousand decisions today, you're going to probably have less, be less effective, or even have less willpower to not do certain things later in the day. Right. I think it's worth pointing out that the current state of email requires a lot more decisions than most people realize. Yeah, exactly. We just think we're doing email, but really, no. Every little email is is intensive. Right, because as soon as you hear that ping yeah. that says you've got new mail, the first decision you make is whether to look at it or not. <laughs> and right. if you look at it, you've got to decide, am I going to reply to this now or ever? Mm -hmm. Am I going to file it away somewhere? Am I going to forward it to somebody? Those are three more decisions right there. Oh. Uh, and remember, each of those is, is eating up glucose in the brain and draining neural resources. It's funny. When I get home, my wife's like, I just got a few things I need you to do. And in my head, I'm thinking, no, you don't. Those few things are about 20 <laughs> things. You don't even know what it takes to get that done. Um, it's very real, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a problem. Um, and, you know, we need to, we need to sort of self-manage this kind of thing and, and structure our lives a little differently. So, just to be clear, when when I'm talking about having an organized mind, the title of the book, I'm not talking about turning the world into a bunch of automatons with no free will right. or, or being tightly scheduled. I'm just talking about simple things that the average person can pull together in an afternoon without investing in any special technology, hmm. things that will allow us to become more efficient in the way we spend our time so that ultimately we have more time for creativity and spontaneity and more time to do the things we really love and to spend with the people we love. I love that. I, we've, where have you been, Daniel? We need you, man. Um, talk, about, talk about some of your tips. I know you have um, – and we'll just, we'll just get into a few of these. Give us some of the tips for organizing our minds a little bit better. Like you talk about different computer monitors. What does that do? Oh, well, so it depends on the kind of work you do, but if the kind of work you do requires that you be uh, taking things from emails and putting them into documents, into reports or spreadsheets or other things, mm -hmm. um, having to constantly flip back and oh. forth between the email window and the document window is disorienting and it's time 
it, it wastes time. Yep. It requires a kind of shifting of your attentional set, again, burning up glucose. So what a lot of productive people do is they'll have two, uh, two computer monitors or a really, really big one. Sure. The, yeah. So it's more uh, like a whole desktop. Right. You want to be able to have your email window open uh, alongside what el- whatever else it is you're doing. Some people have a third space for a third window, um, you know, that might have their browser so that you're not constantly switching back and forth. Right. It means that laptops are, not, depending on the kind of work you do, laptops may not be the most efficient way to work. Oh, man. I just bought a laptop. <laughs> No, but it's true, and I, it's interesting because I do have to flip through a lot of stuff, and I've noticed that my writing exhausts me, but that's such a simple solution. And I have it at my house where I could easily do that, and yet I've never thought of that as maybe one of the things that's stopping me. But it's real, very real. You asked what successful people do. You know, I had the opportunity to spend time with a number of really successful people uh, in, in doing research for the book. To follow them around and watch what they do, and they were artists and musicians, painters. They were uh, CEOs of mm. some of the biggest companies in the country, a congressman, a senator, a governor, a cabinet member. Wow! Um, and the interesting thing was that um, one of the things they do is a principle they employ is they don't spend more time on a decision than it's worth. Mm-hmm. And they're quite you know. It's probably because a lot of them are highly paid, although I think all of us can learn from this regardless of how much we're paid. Just to take an extreme example, suppose you're one of those people that balances your checkbook every month. Right. Not everybody balances it at all, but some people do. So suppose you're trying to balance your checkbook and you find out that you're seven cents off. (laughs) Now, how much time are you going to spend trying to find that seven cents? Zero. Spend an hour? Yeah, right. Two hours? Right? Would you walk across town an hour because somebody told you seven cents was sitting on the curb? No way. Probably not. Right. If it's a few hundred bucks, it might be worth spending the hour. That's right? right. So the idea is to kind of prioritize, because we can't do everything, uh, prioritize so that you're not spending more time on things than they're worth. Oh, that's real. That's, again, it's, and it's such a simple thing and, and kind of know what your time is worth. And and that's right. well, I guess that's right. That's what that's what a lot of these people probably know. Like a musician knows what he bills out an hour to go do, you know, to go work on a record or something. So he knows how much time he should spend on this song. Um, that's, that's right. That's right. That's uh, I mean, to give another example, uh, filing. Right. If you've got a, a lot of people feel that getting organized means have, buying a new filing cabinet, a bunch of hanging file folders. Right. And maybe spending three long weekends, you know, holed up in a room creating this system of files. But it really depends if the way you run your house, your business, is that you don't really need to access documents very often. You're just keeping them for uh, archival purposes. Yeah. Setting up the filing system isn't worth the time. That's a decision that is not worth the time. Uh, yeah. I think another analogy is um, if you if you find some little bolt or screw or nail around the house. Um, I, you know, some people think, well, being organized means I have to have a bunch of little cubby holes and mm-hmm. containers like they do at the hardware store. And when I find that one bolt, I'm going to measure it and figure out what size it is. And if it's a quarter <laughs> inch by three inch with coarse 16 threads on it, I'm going to put it in the bin just for that. Right. All of that setting up of the system takes time. 
if you're a professional handyman, you're going to reap the rewards of the time spent setting up the system. But if you're like me yeah. and you do house repair just a few times a year, I'd rather just dig through a cardboard box that has all my spare parts. It's so it. true. Yeah, you've just saved yourself time. You know exactly where to put it. The decision's quick, and you'll know where to go. Go to the box. Yeah. Go to yeah. the box. We're talking with Daniel Levitin, um, the author of the book, The Organized Mind, Thinking Straight in the Age of Information Overload. Uh, the Organized Mind, great stuff. He's helping us figure out. Uh, by the way, just go get a box. Just a little junk drawer. Just throw it in the drawer. We're going to take a break. Come back more with Daniel Levitin when we come back right here on the Matt Townsend Show. You're feeling under pressure, folks. Is your mind overwhelmed? You ever sit there and wonder, how on earth am I going to remember that? Well, our guest today can help us with that. Dr. Daniel Levitin is joining us. Um, Dr. Levitin has a Ph.D. in psychology. He taught at Stanford University and is the author of uh, three major best-selling books. Uh, The one we're talking about today is The Organized Mind, Thinking Straight in the Age of Information Overload. Go check that out at Amazon.com, wherever you buy your books. Um, Dr. Levitin, thank you again for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm learning a lot, and honestly, everything you're saying is my life. Like, we have piles of just old bills for Comcast or whatever the companies are nowadays. And the funny thing is, is all of those could be, you know, they're already being paid online, so why are we receiving this junk and they could just easily be automatically um, go. We could go paperless, save ourselves a lot of time and energy, but instead we spend all of our time filing. Yes, um, look, and and so what a lot of people do is they just throw them all in a box, and at tax time they either give the box to their accountant or <laughs> if, you know they wait and see if the IRS wants to see copies, and then they go through it at that point. Yeah. Hey, tell me uh, one of your little organizing tips. I know that you talk about in your book is to sleep and nap on the job. Yeah, you mentioned you take naps. I love that. Joking or not, but yeah, it turns out um, naps are very important uh, and restorative to the brain. Of even a fifteen-minute nap. Yeah, that's all you need. The equivalent. Yeah, a fifteen-minute nap can be the equivalent of an extra ninety minutes of sleep the night before. <laughs> okay, I'm hold on. I'm writing this down so my employer knows this. Uh, you know, there have been a number of studies that show that people who take breaks, a 15-minute break every couple of hours, for example, and who might take a 15-minute nap in the afternoon, they more than compensate for the time off the job. Hmm. So yeah. at the end of the day, they've gotten more done, and their employers rate the work as of higher quality and more creative. Yeah. I mean, it's a this no-brainer. Because it takes... It takes <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it it takes... It takes the brain time to consolidate information, and if we don't give it some breathing room, it gets all tangled up. Yeah, and then you—I mean, it, it seems like if we're if we're processing a lot more, five times more, whatever the numbers end up being, um, we you'd think we would need you know to to take better care of the brain, let it rest a little bit, make sure we're getting it, uh, you know, the glucose you were talking about, make sure it's fed right. Does, does yeah. food matter in all of this? Well, it does. Um, 
it, it turns out that um, one way to replenish the brain's glucose is to take, after a bunch of decision-making or hard task switching, one way is to take a nap. Another is to um, let your mind wander, mm. uh, and you can induce that by maybe taking a walk, uh, getting some exercise, reading a book, listening to music, uh, looking at art, uh, just staring out the window. Um, but you can also replenish the glucose by eating. Um, now, you don't want to necessarily eat glucose because although that will replenish the glucose in your brain yeah. quickly, it, there are other problems with refined sugars, uh, other health problems. So My mom's been uh, telling me that forever. Yeah, well, it's true. Yeah. Uh, but but eating any food, food food will eventually be turned into glucose uh, and and help restore brain chemistry that way. Hmm. I, I'm not suggesting overeating. I mean, eating at an appropriate yeah. time. I mean, it really is. We're like you know, we we we've got to take care of this instrument, and I think understand it better. I think that's one of the great things your book offers is a better way to understand your mind. You know, at this at this information age. I mean, we we, we weren't necessarily wired to have all this information, as you said earlier. Well, as I said, as I said, one of the reasons I wrote the book is because neuroscience has really learned a lot about this. Most of that information hasn't tra- been translated to the average person. Mm-hmm. But I think it's information we can use for two reasons. One is knowing how the brain works uh, will allow us to play into its strengths and put in fail-safes to cover its weaknesses. Yeah. And I think the other thing is that you know, a lot of the advice that you get uh, about how to how to organize yourself or how to be more efficient or, you know, whether to exercise or how to eat, a lot of, you know, a lot of this is just noise and a lot of it is signal. In other words, some of the information is based on real science and some of it's not. Mm-hmm. And being able to separate the two is important. Well, and especially, you know, because... I taught for a big company that teaches time management, and this was before much research was ever being done on time management. And I sit there and I think, man, because these companies can sell a lot of ideas and information, and then all of a sudden we're in training and, and we're we're teaching everybody up how to how to be more effective, more efficient. And yet, if the research isn't right, you may be creating monsters, or you may be creators creating a serious low producer just because of how you've organized it all. That's right. That's exactly right. I agree. Does the educational system play into this? I mean, my kids get up at 6.30 in the morning to go to junior high. Of all the mm-hmm. days and ages they need to get up at 9, it seems like junior high is that age. And there's no way they're taking the best advantage of my child's brain. It doesn't seem like some of our schooling approaches even fit, you know, a healthy, organized brain. Well, so, you know... We've reached a kind of, um, I guess, a critical point in time where the primary mission of education, I think, has to shift. Uh, for dozens, if not hundreds of years, education was about teaching people facts because obtaining facts uh, took a long time. Right. Because, you know, when you and I were students, you know, looking something up, if you want to know what the Krebs cycle was or the temperature of the sun, this could take hours. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't have an encyclopedia, you'd have right. to get to a building to find an encyclopedia, the library. And and real research uh, at, at a high level could take months mm-hmm. uh, to, to uncover facts. You'd go to far-flung archives. 
You might have to you know, read many, many books. But now we all hold in our hands something that has more power than Apollo mission control. That's right. That's uh, right. And access to all of the information that is known in the world, you know, theoretically. Yeah. So I think information acquisition is no longer the problem. What we need to teach our children is how to use that information creatively for problem solving, mm-hmm. how to analyze it critically so that they can tell facts from pseudo-facts, uh, and so that they understand that there are hierarchies of information sources. Yeah. Just to take one example, uh, I, think, I think we should be teaching information literacy starting at the age of 10. Oh, I do too, yeah. Uh, suppose that... Um, you know, you, you're prescribed a drug and you want to get information about it. So you do what everybody does. You turn to the web, you enter it in Google, and it sends you to a website on this medication. I think every 10-year-old in America should be taught that this is just the beginning of inquiry, not the end. That's right. You don't have the answer yet. You've just started getting on the road. Right. And so the first question you should ask is, who operates this website that it landed on? Mm. Is the drug company themselves? Are there any biases that they might have that could affect how they structure and yeah. uh, transmit the information? Maybe uh, the website's operated by a competing drug company yeah. that has its own bias. Yeah. Dr. Daniel, we've got to we've got to take a break. We've got a hard break coming up, but we so appreciate you being here and appreciate just your insights. So valuable. Everybody go check out his book, The Organized Mind. You'll find it at Amazon.com or anywhere out there where books are sold. Take a break. We'll be right back. More on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody. Elvis. Oh, that's such a good song. Okay, that is a that's my second favorite song. Uh, every day, we find another favorite. How many favorites can one guy have? Many. See, but it creates suspicion. It's called a playlist, and it's called favorites. <laughs> Suspicious minds. Okay, that's going to be on my iTunes wish list. Mm-hmm. Um. Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are talking about the managed mind, mind, the managed mind, which, by the way, suspicious minds, probably Mm. not as managed as they need to be. Probably not. Now, you've been doing some research, Sean. Somewhat. Ish. Yeah. And in your research, you have found brain what? Facts. Facts about your brain. Facts about the brain. It's actually from a website called factslides.com. Oh, I've got one. I'll bet if your brain was unwound, it would stretch around the earth 14 times. (laughs) One brain? I don't know. I doubt it. That's what they always say. But lack of oxygen in the brain for five to ten minutes results in permanent brain damage. See, I told you, James. No. He's always trying to hold his breath. Yeah. And last time he held it for seven minutes, and I said, that's wow. going to kill you someday. It will. Then I said, prove it. <laughs> and then you remember I stepped on your throat. Yeah. And then I got in trouble from management. Yeah, I remember that. So does, so does uh, management. Management, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't believe The HR me. person was very yeah. respectful that day. That was weird. Another fact, your brain keeps developing until your late 40s. Mm. I don't buy it. 
I know a lot of people whose brains seem to quit developing around 12. Well, there is that, too. That's a great fact. <laughs> Up to age 40, it's still developing. See, yeah. so I'm over but that's 40. Why, but that's why they always warn against uh, teen alcohol abuse yeah. or teens drinking at all right. you don't because it really affects it. your brain. Yeah. Under construction. They should, mm-hmm. All kids should have a sign, brain under construction. Exactly. Now, new brain connections are created every time you form a memory. Really? Mm-hmm. But see, that's the problem. A lot of us aren't forming memories because instead we are our, – our memory is all on Instagram. We're just Instagramming. <laughs> Unfortunately. And then we try to – the memory is not being stored in our brain. It's being stored on Instagram or Pinterest. But I find it amazing that I, you know, I will see a photo – and, and it's funny because my kids will see photos of themselves and they will bring them to me and say, Dad, who's in this picture? Yeah. And I'll say, well, that's you. Yeah. No. Have your kids – And I remember the, I remember they not the ever see of the pictures picture. of oh, They do. Yes, they do. Yeah, you need yes. to show them more pictures because <laughs> your kids – I mean – But they all think they all think they, they, they you yeah, know. Yeah. It's usually a baby picture. Yeah, exactly. It's not when they're like 50. No, no. Dad, who is this? Uh, that's you, honey. Because <laughs> if that's the case – I think we got bigger problems than right. Should invest in some mirrors in exactly. your house. <laughs> Get your girls a mirror. I don't want them to become, you know, yeah, yeah, overinflated with ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so instead, we just won't let them recognize themselves. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't even recognize themselves in a lineup. <laughs> so when you're awake, the human brain produces enough electricity hmm. to power a small light bulb. Wow. Here's the question, though. Where would you put the light bulb? You don't have the socket on top of your no, head? My, I came socketless. Oh, okay. Just in your ear? Mm-hmm. A small light bulb. Small. Why, guessing, why, why are we doing that, by I the don't way? know. I wonder if you could measure intelligence that way. Like, I can light a 60-watt light bulb <laughs> with my brain. Yeah. Instead of IQ, you just have a wattage. There yeah. you go. <laughs> oh, it looks like you're just 25. <laughs> Sorry. This one I found very interesting, actually. Violent homes have the same effect on children's brains as uh, as combat on soldiers. Mm, really? No, I no, I don't know that. I believe there's that. no evidence of any of these facts or anything like yeah. that. So, so these could be all made up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, next time, source it. Get get a good source. I mean, we don't want to give facts that aren't. Wait real. a minute. Wait a minute. Let's see this one. Here's a source. Yeah. Oh, come on. There are sources. So just there know whether we so give you the there. source or not, just trust us. Mm. What's the worst thing that could happen? <laughs> you heard it on radio, so it has to be true. Hey, Matt Townsend said to stick a light bulb in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and do that. Yeah, that see would, how that works yeah, for you. exactly. A small one, not, not a yeah. big one. 25. Mm-hmm. Well, from the, the website, the Mail Online, uh, M-A-I-L, by the way. Okay, yeah. That's good. Violent homes have the same effect on brains as children uh, uh, of children as combat does on soldiers. Hmm. That's good. I mean, good to know, not good to have. Mm-hmm. So but, there is an so, article out there that talks about yeah, it. Yeah, don't mess with your kids and don't get violence out of your house or it's, your kids are in a war zone. Exactly. Uh, it's scientifically proven that even a small dose of power changes how a person's brain operates and diminishes empathy. See, power corrupts. Mm-hmm. Absolute power corrupts. corrupts. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also rocks absolutely too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. More cowbell. Yeah. You have taste receptors in your stomach, intestines, pancreas, lungs, and the brain. 
Who wants to taste in their stomach? Uh, well, in the stomach, that's different. Wait till wait till the taste receptacle from the belly makes it to your brain, and you're like, mm, that uh, tastes like no. bile. Mm, that bile yeah. soup. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's weird. Now, I'm not sure that this one is true, but uh, supposedly the pathologist who made Einstein's body's autopsy stole his brain and kept it in a jar for 20 years. Oh yeah, who wouldn't do that? <laughs> I would do that. Pack rats, yeah. Sixty percent of your brain is fat. Mm. I thought it was higher. <laughs> I thought it was higher than that. 60% of your brain is fat. You've heard of a fatty liver. Yes, I have. So so a fatty brain. But fatty liver comes from eating a lot of junk food. Yes. Does a fatty brain? Don't know. It's mm. from reading too much Pulp Fiction. Is that oh, what it I is? see. That's yeah. the fatty brain, yeah. That's a great point. And dieting could force your brain to eat itself, according <laughs> to scientists. Feed me. <laughs> Feed me, know. Seymour. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, the human brain has the same consistency as? Jello. Jello pudding. Pudding pops. <laughs> tofu. I knew I hated tofu for a reason. <laughs> There's a reason. <laughs> it makes me wonder, what are they selling there uh, with the tofu? Oh, um, really? It has the same consistency as tofu. But there's different consistencies of tofu as Isn't well. Isn't tofu so. kind of brownish, reddish, grayish? No. It's it's, it's a cream color. Yeah. It's eggshell. It's an eggshell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's from the home deck. It's on the white, <laughs> white end of it's the spectrum. Well, the last time I ate tofu, I had you know the little card with the different colors on it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I made sure. Did you know that female brains shrink when they're pregnant? Really? Mm-hmm. Tell me that doesn't explain a lot. How about the smell of chocolate increases theta brain waves, which triggers relaxation? Mm, chocolate. I see. That's why. That that's, I believe because I I, I, I I feel if you have the scent of chocolate going mm-hmm. through the air, it's just like oh okay. Oh, that's I can relax there. Maybe Meg will bring us something. Meg's coming up next, oh, so that's maybe right. she'll bring us I some forgot about chocolate. That. I'm sure she will. Oh, I'm sure she'll remember some chocolate. Yeah. Hopefully she's pulling over now and getting it. <laughs> Hope she's listening. Forgetting is good for the brain. Deleting unnecessary information helps the nervous system retain its plasticity. Really? Mm-hmm. See, that's why I forget so much stuff. You're just keeping your brain healthy. Trying to keep it mm-hmm. its plasticity up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I cannot pronounce this word to save my life, but I would, I'm going to try. Okay. Sphenopalatine ganglia neuralia. Go ahead. You do it then. Sphenopalatine ganglioneurologia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And you know what it means? I nailed it. Uh, it means that your splenopalatine <laughs> is got glenoplasia on it. It's a scientific term for brain freeze. <gasps> oh, It's real. It is. I had it the other day. That hurts so bad. Oh, yes, it does. You're not supposed to eat ice cream fast. Okay, now here's one for you. Yeah, that I, I this is because I'm a PhD debunking something. There is no left brain, right brain divide. No, no. It's a myth. It's a myth. Is it? I think there's creepage. Okay. I think it. I don't think it's just set. Like just because I don't think you're a left brainer or a yeah, right. Because supposedly the left one mm. side was more, supposed to be the creative side, and the other side yeah. is the more logical side. I think there's. I think there's. I think your brain's more dynamic than that. Hmm. But there is an, a literal left side and right side of yeah, your brain. Yeah, yeah. You have to have a right and a left side if you're in this world. Yeah. Well, yeah. As long as you have a right. Now, what yeah. happens when you lose the right side of your head? I don't know. 
then you just, I guess, have a left side. Wow. It's My gross. mind just Lastly, that's why I'm a PhD. Sleep deprivation affects the brain in multiple ways that can impair judgment and slow reaction. Yeah. That's, tell me that's not every teenager in the world. Yeah. <laughs> they're impaired because mm-hmm. they're not getting enough sleep. Come on, parents. Hey, we're going to take a break, folks. We're going to continue this discussion about the managed mind. Who better to discuss a managed mind than Meg Conley from Meg in Progress? This you, young lady's been working on sure her mind for years. Her mind is sharp. Sharp. We're going to take a break. More on the mind with our special guest, Meg Conley, up next on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody. Pet Shop Boys, by the way, always on my mind. I, I didn't know that's like, I mean, I've heard this song before, but I've never heard of the Pet Shop Boys. Oh, you haven't? Uh-uh. I'm not cool. Well, you're also not old. Well, I know. I listened to a lot of old stuff growing up, but it was like Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard. No, that's way old. Willie Nelson. Oh, sure. Willie Nelson. Yeah, totally. Totally. So That's your new theme song. Really? You're that's always great. on my mind. That's so great. But like in a it's bad kind of, way. Like, yeah, oh no, is she going to uh, be around like, here? That's what they said. Like Meg's going to be on. I'm like, <laughs> seriously? Come on. She's always on my mind. That sounds creepy. <laughs> that is creepy. <laughs> hey, um, Meg Conley's here. No, I've got to formally introduce you. Yes. I expect that much, at M- least. Meg Matt. Conley is a writer dealing in womanhood, motherhood, and spiritualhood. That's what she wrote. The end. She wrote that. She's I not never a very would good have writer. Said You're not a good writer. You don't know how to write, little lady. Uh, she I has never two kids, uh, Zuzu and Viola. Yes. Sure, they sound like pets. Really? Viola? Zuzu? It's like a very classic. But they're name. beautiful baby girls. I they're mean, not, so they're not cute. baby girls. Zuzu they're... tried to come again. Did she? She says that you guys are friends. We are her best friends. She was like, Matt says I can come no, anytime. I, Zuzu and Viola can come anytime they want. <laughs> so she might be with me next week. I want her to. I love her. She was outraged. Was she, was she outraged? Well, and she's super upset because when she came the last time, yeah. you gave her this like yeah. Uh, yeah. box of fairy w- rings. That came from my birthday. Sure. She's so upset for you. But I didn't give it. Somebody, I gave it to somebody else and then they gave it to her. Someone I told her it was it on her. your cake or something. Yeah, it was on my cake. So she's really upset that you didn't have a good birthday cake. Like, she keeps asking me to make you a birthday cake with boy stuff on it. I think it's a great idea. She's like super. No. She's like, why would they put this you know on what? his cake? That wasn't very nice. No, but you know what? Listen to Zuzu. And I said, you know what? Was that Zuzu that said that? Yeah, it was Listen Zuzu. Listen to Zuzu. Yeah. I, but she, I told her boys can like fairies too. Not like, really. Not really. It, like, was a bad, <laughs> it was a bad birthday. But she thought it was, she's, she keeps saying that they were mean tricksters that did that to you. Yes. She's like, it has like pot, like that conversation has happened four or five Kay, times. But I want to tell here. you, Zuzu's gifted. <laughs> And she's dead right. And she gets you it. do need to make a cake. She get, When's your birthday, Matt? In May. Okay, we got some time. All right, I'll commit to cake baking. Well, no, this is Zuzu wants you to correct last <laughs> birthday. <laughs> no, if I wait till May, you have to keep me on the show, tell me. I'm going to keep you on the show forever. Okay, good. <laughs> Who else are we going to make fun of every week? <laughs> I'm just kidding. So um, here's the deal. Yes. By the way, Meg in Progress, is that yes. your website? Yep, is that still my... working? Yeah, it's still working. Is it working? Yeah, it's working. You know what? It's it's a fabulous site. 
I haven't looked you. at it today, but um, I usually post. I usually read it like four times a day, and then you told me the other day you don't post every day. No, I don't. <laughs> so it's like her post, stuff sounds so familiar. I post two or three times a week. Why do you do that? Um, like afraid. post at all or not post? You know, I post on Huffington Post too, and so no, I like I dropped that in there. Oh my heavens! Ding. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Hey. <laughs> You know, someday maybe you'll get on a bigger show. I don't know, Good Morning America, Steve Harvey show. No, wait. What's like go, what's going to happen is this is going to be the the Matt and Meg show. You yeah. can still have top billing. Oh yeah. Like I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like it could be like Matt with a big M and Meg with a little M. But we're on the you know radio. What I mean? Right. But just like when we like memos. Maybe we could just say, "Welcome to the Matt Townsend show." Matt Conley's here too. Yeah, that's fine. I'll actually take that. And we just like I'm just in. like so that's yeah, a little that's, that's a little M. That's very little M. Yes, that's perfect. Matt Conley's here too. So see, it sounds like that. So look for that in 2025, guys. <laughs> we ought to be able to get that done by then. I would love that. You're fantastic, but you well, have this. So happy to come on. But you have to pay for your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're supposed to close in like two weeks. Did you need? Did you need me to send a letter? What well, would you co-sign, Matt? <laughs> you don't. You don't want that. <laughs> just, just a signature. I actually brought the paperwork. <laughs> wow. Let me... well, are you offering that? That is creepy. Wow. It's like you knew. I totally knew. So, Hey, um, do you have a scattered mind or do you have a really well-managed mind? No, there's nothing well-managed about any aspect but of I think that's part of your genius. Sure, I'll take it. It's like... It's Isn't like, that what like people say though to make themselves seem like geniuses? Like, oh, I'm just too creative to to yeah, be that's orderly. A good point. <laughs> that's a like good point. It, it makes me seem yeah. special, but, but you, really I'm just a mess. You're just a hot mess. I'm just a hot but mess. But you're really not. Mm. You are. You're right. <laughs> now, I don't wanna I don't wanna browbeat you. But that's I mean really you're but you've got a good thing going sure yeah it and, works and you find the things that you need to take care of yeah and you make sure that those make the top of the list like the things like that your court ordered sure, to do sure. <laughs> like that that the, you're that the, the government has said you sure. have to do for your children sure absolutely yeah. and then once you do those things those few things the few, let everything five, else kind of like fall off so you need to figure out what those things are and i have found so i kind of got like this guru mm-hmm. a couple years ago yeah, which i um who? her name's tish oxenrider okay. and she wrote this book called organized simplicity wow yeah and it's amazing did it help yes well what were you like before oh i know right like Seriously? this is me post guru can you even imagine what pre-guru was PG. and see i don't re- <laughs> i don't really care for i don't take a lot of advice i no. don't read like no, I've noticed. Uh, <laughs> But this book changed my life. And she goes That's through cool. and she talks about how to create an ordered environment because mm. you can't live deliberately unless you're in a deliberate space, right? And so I think that yeah. that is a really good proactive first step is creating the space around you, making it a place where you can live intentionally. See, you're going to living intentionally. Yes. See, meaning as if the rest of us don't live intentionally. We, because I don't have a space, you don't think I'm... Living intentionally? Well, I wasn't. I mean, my, you know, you, and this is still, I'm like on the spectrum of intentional living. You know what's funny about you, Meg? You're on a lot of spectrums. (laughs) It's just a really good way to describe most of my life. Every show, you've got a new spectrum. I was really proud of our reality adjacent. That was really fantastic. Yeah, that was really great. I still get calls about that. Like, is she okay? (laughs) Does Meg, 
this Meg, is Meg sick? But listen, we fill our lives with clutter. Yeah. And then we're shocked when our lives are full of clutter. Mentally, clutter? physically. Right. And so, um, so for me, I do a much better job of visualizing the life I want to have when I'm in a home that has room for those kind of visions. Yeah. yeah. So one of the first things that she says to do is go through your home room to room, like start in the kitchen. I started in the kitchen when I did this, right? And you take everything out of the cupboards, everything, and you put it in the middle of the room. Wow. Right? It's messy. disgusting. It's like, what? Why Why are we doing that? Why do we have an open bag of craisins from five years ago? (laughs) What is happening? So you put it in the middle. And then um, she recommends that depending on the room, you get rid of half to two thirds of it because you just don't need it. If you haven't used it in the past six months, get rid of it. So I got rid of like all those kitchen gadgets, that, like a panini press. I don't. Uh, I make paninis, but I never use the press. Like I, they're I, stupid. They just take up space. How do you make it? Like you use like cast iron, and you just put one cast iron to- pot on uh, top of your sandwich when you're cooking yeah. it. You know what I mean? That's fantastic. So oh, we just had paninis. So did you on a are press? You, are you kind of distracted? No, we really right did. Now? And now I'm really hungry. But I'm wondering. I would have kept your press. I mean, if you still well, want to sure, get rid of it, but I'm... but one of the rules is if there's something in your home that only serves one purpose, and there are other things that could fulfill that purpose, get rid of the single purpose item. Okay. So because <laughs> you just eliminated three children. <laughs> Which, because I'm pretty sure they're not even serving a purpose right now. Does that sound negative? It's a little negative, a little heavy. They sound. I mean, for they're, the ride, they're serving for the ride a purpose. Homes. <laughs> we can't get them to mow the lawn. We can't get them to do their schoolwork. It just sounds like you're not a very good parent. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, wow, time's flying. <laughs> Is it time to wrap it up? That's gosh. That is rough. It seemed like it was a lot longer than that. Well, anyway. Okay, so you, uh, get, you get rid of a lot of the stuff. I sold a ton of it on KSL. Did you? It was great. Yeah, that was good. And you know, it, yeah. it was my mostly, you know, junk. Yeah. I was, so I didn't yeah. make a lot of money, but, but we made... went and got like a steak dinner with it, which was super fun. Wow. Way more fun than those paninis I never made on the That's press. That's true. We meaning the whole family or just? No, definitely. It actually might have been just me. I don't even know if I had enough for Riley, but, but we did go. <laughs> just, this was a couple years went, ago. Uh-huh. So, so then you have whatever's left in the middle of the room, right? And you clean out all your cupboards mm. and it's like, what a great symbol you, yeah. for cleaning out the corners of your mind. And like Ooh. you're cleaning out the cupboards yeah. and everything, like you're using the vinegar so that it really gets in there, so, you know? So it smells like I something I love happened. the smell of vinegar. Have you, like, have you tasted it? Yeah, I love vinegar. Everything about vinegar. Really? Fantastic. Balsamic vinegar? All of it. Oh, no, this is like white vinegar. You're not yeah, cleaning no, with balsamic. No, but I'm but like, like, that's the only one I've ever tasted. Are you joking me right now? Uh, no. Oh, my goodness. Well, anyways, mo- moving on past that craziness. Vinegar is <laughs> so good. And then you start to put things back. Right. Mm -hmm. And each thing has its space. And all of a sudden I was cooking more like my kitchen had become the kind of place that I wanted it to be. And so I became the kind of person in the kitchen that I'd always wanted to be. Really? It's easy. See, that's fantastic. Another thing that you can do is make a mission statement. Okay, we'll come back to that. Okay, But here's the deal. (laughs) Um, Great stuff from Megan Progress. Sadly, this is her very last appearance. (laughs) Is it because of the parent comment? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to miss you, Meg. Uh, we'll come it. back. Uh, we'll be wrapping it up. Meg's final show. <laughs> Just if you're going to be rude, you got to get going. <laughs> this is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio.
Billy Joel. I do love mm. Billy Joel. This is your jam, huh? You listen to a lot of Joel. I can tell. Mm. Weird. <laughs> I could do that all day. Sleep? <sighs> we're back. A New York state of mind. Because we're talking about minds today. Sure. Right? And uh, in the house uh, for her final visit, <laughs> Meg Conley. And Meg, we're going to miss you. You know, it's been, it's been a good run. I'm surprised <laughs> you let me stay on as long as you, you have. Well, actually, so are the people upstairs. <laughs> And but we talk a lot about you when you're not here. <laughs> and was it sh- like a community outreach program? It's we like to uh, we just like bring to, Meg. Yeah, we Meg. To... Well, a lot of people felt bad for you. Sure. Yeah, that has gotten me through more doors than you would think. Well, yeah, I think that's how I got my husband. I'm not going to sit here and lie about that. No, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he called. And here's the deal, though, Meg. I, I was just kidding. We're not getting rid of you. Yeah, I know you couldn't. We are going to ask you to start paying. If paying to be paying here. To play. I, but I kind of do because I pay for a sitter. No, but, so I kind of pay to be here uh, already. I don't know if you know this, but that check never gets to us. <laughs> so I don't know I who guess, your sitter is. I guess this is it. Is that how you're writing this BYU off? Radio. It's no, been amazing. Meg, you're in, for, you're in forever. <laughs> we'll keep you on forever. Good. But here's the deal. Yes. Um, mindfulness. You have yes. to be intentional is what you're telling us. Yeah, sure. And, and one way to do that is... Take everything out of your cupboards <laughs> and rub vinegar okay. over everything. And, and you know what I should have said before that? Yeah, what? Is the mission statement, okay? Yeah, Give, let's go there. Write a mission statement for each room in your house. What, like this. So, so what do you do in this room? What feelings oh, cool. do you want to have in this room? What purposes does this room serve? That's a great idea. Right? And so before you take everything out of the cupboards, I got so excited. But yeah, yeah, that, yeah. see, that's how I do it, right? Yeah, but see, yeah, that's how your mind apart, works, right? And then I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, let's so, get that in there. So I did that for each room in my house. And so if there was anything in the room that did not fit its mission statement, it was either moved to a new room or sold. Love it. Hey, can you quickly just recite the mission statement for the bathroom? <laughs> Is a place of quietness. Rest. Yes. Here's the thing. We don't talk about bathroom stuff in my house. Like I can't even I talk. About, I can't talk about it on the radio. Like I'm like blushing right I know, now. I can talk is... about literally anything else, but bathroom stuff. That is crazy. No. You you need to come to my house. Is it terrifying? That's all we talk about. No, no. I have five boys. Do you do you not have a daughter? I have one daughter, but she's moved on. You have six kids. Yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've never once written a mission statement for our bathroom or anything. Yeah, else. I guess I, I guess the bathroom, mm. that's pretty self-explanatory. But like the kitchen, it's a place of sustenance. Yes. A place of communication. Mm-hmm. Feeding. All right? Feeding. Fe- feeding. That's a cool word. Yes. And so um, if it doesn't sustain or help in communication, it mm-hmm. doesn't belong in the kitchen. And Get so, it out of there. And so um, we, the, the living room, what do you do in your living room? Like what should living rooms be used for? <laughs> we play basketball. In your living room. Mm-hmm. So you might need an admission statement for your living room. Uh, because Yeah. But, you know, you read in a place like that. Like, is it a place yeah. where you have friends over? Like, what things belong there? Probably, like, you know, your leftover... A bowl of chips. Doesn't belong there. Right. It belongs in the kitchen. Well, we, It doesn't fit the mission statement. Part of our living room is a place of sustenance. Sure. Well, you're taking me kind of literally here, but oh, yes, okay. if it's part of your mission yeah, statement, it is. but is your living room where you need to be working out? 
No. Maybe not, right? No. If we it's don't not, have a place to work. Sure. Out. If it's not, then your weights. I'm like, what are yeah. those things yeah. called? Weights. I hope they don't work out. Your weights maybe belong in the basement where yeah. you do work, right? They do. And so, they do belong so, in the basement. So That's create- right. They're, they're in the storage room. So create a mission statement for each room and then give yourself permission to get rid of stuff. Give yourself permission to live a slightly more ordered life. It's I like exhilarating. That. I like that. I, I, I like that a lot because then you're you're simplifying life so right. you simplify your mind. Absolutely. We spend so much time taking <clears throat> care of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got so sick of putting away my kids, you know, th- hundreds of toys. And so I just got rid of almost all of them. And wow. it's just been really Are your free. children mad? They were kind of upset, but then they forgot about it. You know, they're going to need therapy junk, now. Right? Well, I mean, they still have toys. They just don't have like so much we can't close the closet door anymore, yeah, yeah. right? Hey, do you have an iPhone? Yeah. Did you upload or download iOS 8? Yes. Okay, so watch. Um, I'm trying to download my iOS 8, uh-huh. and it tells me I can't unless I erase 4.3 gig of memory. I love the metaphor that you're cre- like creating here. I can't. Nah, now, here's so my good. problem. I spent last night till about one. Oh, wow. Trying to figure out what on earth I would erase. Don't you usually fall asleep like around seven after you've had some sort of like. Yeah, but if I fall asleep at seven, I usually. Steamed per- I perk and up. Rice thing. <laughs> yeah. But I perk right up. Did James you just snort? Funny, yeah. Don't listen to James. But if um, I, I wake up at. If I go to bed at seven, I sure. wake up around, I don't know, uh, midnight. Sure. <laughs> just <laughs> bursting with ideas. Sure. But I couldn't – I can't delete anything. And why is that? Well, what do, you do I delete? It, but do you not have it back, like, backed up on a hard drive? Are these pictures? Oh. Are they apps? A lot of them are pictures. Okay. So the, there's a place for your pictures, right? No, and I've, it's no, not on your phone. No, but here's the – I've got them all. I've got all my pictures on Dropbox. Sure. So that that's the easy one. Right. My music, I need. Sure. All of it? Though? I have 11 gig of music on my phone. Is I that a lot? I don't, I'm not sure what gig means. A gig's like I a jig. I get that it's, it's a like measurement a jig. Just think of, of someone like... doing a jig. <laughs> But I'm not sure, like, exactly how it's much that lot. is. It's a lot. It's about 3,000 songs, I think. So, <laughs> And I listen to every one of them. On your phone. Every day. Uh, but we do this to ourselves, that's right? I can't get out In of our it. everyday lives. We do that to ourselves constantly. No, so, by the way, I can't even download iOS. So I think that there's a good experiment, that's, though. Yeah, do you my, want to hear my good experiment? Yeah, let's try okay, it. So for, Does it involve vinegar? No, no. Okay. For two weeks, decide that you're going to fill out what Tisha Oxenreiter calls a daily docket. And on the daily docket, have a place for your three must-dos. These are three things I have to do today. It's non-negotiable, like feeding the children, going to this doctor's appointment, whatever. But only three. You have to limit it to three. And then you write down the rest of your to-do list on a separate piece of the paper. For two weeks, see what your three must-dos are. Hmm. And then what other things are showing up in your list and then the things that only show up once or haven't shown up at all, but you think that they have to be a huge part of your life, start cutting those things out. So you could do that with your phone. Wow. What apps haven't you used for a week? Get rid of them. Brilliant. But you know what? It's a great idea in theory. No, it's, it's practical. I've used it. Have you? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I started but... cutting things out. People, material, material thing, everything. Until my life became a more deliberate, fully functional place. Well, I mean, again, that's up responsibilities. For no, relatively speaking, I'm very high functioning compared to where I Are used you? to be. This, so, you should have seen me. Oh wow! Yeah, because we're. But do you know what I have to say? That's great. What full disclosure? That being said, like a couple weeks ago, my sister was here, and um, <laughs> I was running my hands through my hair, which you know it's kind of tough to do with my hair. Well, yeah, yeah. And 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 it got so my hair got stuck, and I was like, "What's going on?" And I had like a full on like dreadlock. 
in the back of my head. And my sister's like, how did you get that? And I was like, well, I don't brush my hair. And she's like, what, what do you, what do you mean you don't brush your hair? I was yeah. like, I don't know. I just haven't br- I don't brush my hair. <laughs> So my, it's relative, relatively speaking. Let's, like it comes to like, the, I had to cut it out, Matt. Can we let's just, just cut the let's stop out. on that for a minute? Uh, that seems like a I'm fun thing. Saying, let's go a little deeper on the hi, hair. Thing. Have you not ever had like a dog that you didn't brush? Well, you, when you have curly hair, you don't really brush it. You just like fluff it, condition it, and fluff it. Yeah. James fluffs his hair. <laughs> um, I'm just saying that living deliberately doesn't have to be this I agree. overwhelming. Um, notion of perfection. It can just be what's deliberate for you. Yeah, and and, and obviously my bar is pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, I mean, I, let's. Just, there is a ba- there's a boundary. Like, sure. I mean, if your hair, <laughs> if you can't run your fingers through your head or your hair, if you can't run it through. You might want to. But I'm you just saying. Wanna... This is why people love me. I'm honest about That's my what flaws. I do. I do love that. <laughs> I really do love that because I would never tell anybody if I had done that. But 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 I just think living deliberately means choosing what's important to you mm-hmm. and running out it, even if you kind of run awkwardly and duck like, and and that's okay. Yeah, but, nothing wrong with that. But we can all do that, and it's all within our grasp. Like we can all do mission statements for the rooms in our houses. We can yeah. all clear our lives of the unnecessary mess and stimulus so that we can focus on the things that are important. I love that. We deserve that. You deserve that. Brushing optional. Would um, so when you think about it, doing that test, like your top three things. Sure. Is hair is <laughs> is like hair hygiene or whatever we call it. Well, hygiene. Uh, what, what hygiene do we call goes it? without say, saying. So I don't include no, that your hair in the top three things. I'm a very clean very person. Clean. It's just. It's it just, obviously was on the other list and not often enough. Yeah. So I must have let it drop off. Hey, as we all need to do once in a while. No, absolutely. You know? Just in, let that drop off. In this new house that you're getting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me just suggest one thing. Okay. Get get some mir- some mirrors <laughs> that you can see the back of your head. You know, I thought for a second before I shared that story, because I know you're never going <laughs> to let it go. I won't. But... But I, I write think that down. You can live deliberately and be a total mess, and that's yeah, yeah. great. Life yeah, yeah. is subtle like that. That's, that's what, exciting. It, yeah. If you're go- I mean, if that's your mission <laughs> to live like a mess, but I mean, and there's nothing no, wrong. No, I'm saying that they there's coexist. Wrong with dreadla- My mission dreadlocks. is not to live like a mess. No. I'm just saying that it, if there's some coexistence there, like that's okay. Yeah. I think that women feel like I can't do it perfectly, so I'm not going to do it at all. And yeah. I'm like, right. I can do it totally imperfectly, so I'm all in. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> hey. um... When you were on the Steve Harvey show. Sure. They brushed my hair. That was what the last time my think, hair got I know, brushed. What do you think they were thinking? Like, holy cow. Actually, I got some mad compliments. And do you Did guys you? watch Doctor Who? I'm straight yes. up going to be River Song for Halloween. I am like so excited. I don't know River Song. Come on. You know, right? The James old doc- gets it. James gets it. Yeah, I do. Yeah. You would make a fantastic River Song. Right? I know. I'm so excited. I've been looking up cosplay outfits for her like this on eBay, weird. but it's expensive. I feel oh, like yeah. I'm watching Seriously? Nickelodeon. <laughs> River Song's my hero. Talk about River Song. <laughs> but did they not notice that? Well, that wasn't currently there. I think that that developed over a couple of days. I don't think it was there for like dreadlocks <laughs> take a while. But I did. I did end up having to cut half of it did out. You really? Yeah, I really. How, did. how big of a you know it was lock was it? It was like you you didn't see it until I like pulled it mm. from from underneath like yeah. my hair. When you pulled it out of your hair from underneath your hair, <laughs> my sister made this sound like. <laughs> <laughs> Who got the duck? And so did 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 people like gasp like? <gasps> 
Well, it was just my sister, but she made that sound. Did she gasp? Yeah, it was like, oh, oh. Meg. <laughs> like that. Wow, Meg. Yeah. She like, was concerned. That's yeah. like, like, wow. Big. Like self-care. Yeah. Like look into it. Yeah. Um, I worry about you, Meg. <laughs> oh, you're the best. I don't care if your website doesn't work. It's working. Did you pull it up? I did. Yeah, it's totally working. Um, have you written anything on your ganglion? What are we calling it? Oh, uh, that's a your good dreadlock. Word for, no, I probably, I probably should, because you know, sometimes I run into women that know me from my writing, mm-hmm. and they say really kind things to me. But I think what I want everybody to understand is we're all the same, and we're all, mm. we're all <laughs> not really. We've all got dreadlocks, right? Like metaphorical, yeah, metaphorically, yeah, or sure, literally, sure. yeah, and and that's yeah. okay. Nobody. <laughs> We, let's just be clear. We don't all have dreadlocks. You some know, have lice. The symbolic. The sim- symbolic. Yeah. Some have other things. Yeah. Yeah. But do you have lice? Are you no. are you copying to that no, right now? No, I don't. But my kids asked what that was. What uh, lice was? Mm-hmm. I told them to check your website. Stop it. They did have a huge lice outbreak at the the elementary school no, that my that's daughter the worst. should be Pull going your kids to. Out of school. But she's not in school right now. Why? Oh, that's right. And I was like, way to go at, homeschooling. She's at the Dreadlocks Academy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying she's getting a better experience No, she is. There, I, I guarantee you. I bet you're giving her a great experience. You know, it comes and goes. Hey, if you want any information on homeschooling, <laughs> hair and makeup, uh, <laughs> snorts, Do you know what's so funny? Is I really did just do a video with this this amazing girl who does this thing called the Beauty Bureau. And mm. It's like B-U-T I saw that. I saw Bureau. That. Yeah. yeah, and... Um, and yeah, I did my own hair and makeup for it, and I was like pretty proud of myself. Did no dreadlocks. Did you get the back? I just kept that part away from the, the away from the camera. Oh, <laughs> uh, we've got to get you here every day on the show. <laughs> tell tell the bosses, man, Don. You know how much we would learn about Listen, you. Listen, it'd be disturbing. <laughs> but I'm afraid that after one year, we pretty much will have touched on every major issue on uh, Earth. Yeah. Except for potty humor stuff. We don't talk about that. That's gross. It just seems like, you know. Like, why talk about that? Well, There's so many beautiful things to talk about. You just We just spent a half hour on dreadlocks. <laughs> on what it represented, right? Like, just laugh about it. That's Cut what it out potty and move on. humor is. Okay, we're going we're gonna to take a break. Meg, Meg, are you sticking around? Yes. Because Mike's going to talk to us about a lapse of memory. Oh. I don't know what that means. What? I forgot. They told me earlier, but I can't remember. <laughs> I have a really cool Doctor Who reference, but you wouldn't get it. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> we'll talk to James in the break. We'll be right back, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. In the house, Meg Conley sporting an incredible new dreadlock do. <laughs> we'll be back. More dreadlock after this break. Welcome back, friends. We're wrapping up the show. We're just passing around the dreadlock. For luck, everyone wants to touch it. <laughs> this... <laughs> well, it's like a rabbit's foot, but it's really Meg's dreadlock. It was not that big. Can I touch your dreadlock? Your producers are saying, ew. It's true. The, oh, you know why? It's because they're standing behind you. Hey, please don't look at her backside there. She's missing some I hair. It, I cut it out. It looks, looks good. good no, it looks great. I, I, I think it's a cute dreadlock. I like how it moves on the table <laughs> anyway we're back with meg conley from the, the website meg in progress uh, great place to go get any information on homeschooling <laughs> i think that's just funny a lot of people 
I don't think I've actually ever written about homeschooling. No, you haven't. The people, the people have got to comment. People are going and well, don't leave mad comments. I haven't even no. written about it. By the way, Mike's been leaving some great comments. On Mike, you. was that you? Yeah. yeah. Come on, dude. He's very anti-homeschooling. You know, I'm a, I, I was homeschooled no, school, for yeah. several years. Oh, really? All through middle school. You know, that is. might change things yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. It looks great, though, don't you think? <laughs> I, I mean, I ended up, I'm, I'm fine now, but yeah, those sure. were some tough sure. years. He cleans up nice. Right. Middle school is tough anyway, no, though, no, right? No, no. Honestly, my mother was wonderful. I had a blast. Homeschool's great. Homeschool is awesome. Is your mom yeah. listening right now? And, Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and Meg's homeschooling. Everyone, it's a great thing. It really is. It's just... The the dreadlocks had nothing to do with homeschooling. No, not, not at all. Maybe sure. Sean wants to go to her school. <laughs> are you accepting? Are you an open enrollment? School? Yeah, come come on down. That's good. Do Just give college? her a call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, here's what we're going to do: is at the very end here, uh, Mike's been doing some research on a lapse. How we have a lapse of memory. Okay. Like you sometimes forget. Oh, I got to get the back side. Sure. Of my head. Yeah. <laughs> Just I mean, it's just inches from the front side. Right. But, right. Well, I just don't brush up, brush my hair at all. So, go on, Mike. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, that's good. That's I don't fine. know. Uh, let's talk after. Yeah. <laughs> to HR. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I've been reading a lot about memory, uh, remembering and forgetting. Very interesting stuff. Uh, the hippocampus is what our brain uses to store memories. Uh, but there was an interesting study recently by Professor Timothy F. Brady. He's a cognitive neuroscientist mm. at Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And what uh, he did in his study is he had uh, the participants sit down and they would show a picture on the screen of a toaster or a backpack, just common Any uh, everyday items. Dreadlocks, what, what <laughs> and, have you. But they did this and they would, show, <laughs> they would show the picture for about three seconds and they'd go on to the next picture. They did this with 3,000 pictures. Wow. And then uh, they That's went back. That's a long back, study. Yeah, they went back and uh, they would show the picture again, but they'd show uh, another picture. And the the participant would have to identify which picture they actually oh. saw. Interesting. And so what, what that's not the interesting part. Oh, what no, the interesting part right. was was Quiet. that every participant had a 90% and above accuracy oh, with wow. identifying the pictures. I would love to do this with Meg. Oh, it would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Because you think I do so uh, well? So I do. A, yeah. Did you see the dreadlock or the toaster? Yeah. Sure. Dreadlock. Sure. Always. You, the, the, it's like my how Rorschach. How come we can remember th- – yeah, this is your Rorschach. <laughs> how come we can remember thir- 3,000 pictures but Christian Bale can't remember his wife's name when he was accepting an Oscar? You, that, that's the thing. You Christian know. Bale's got too much hotness. <laughs> To maintain, come again, silly things like his wife's name, like that. Too much beauty. It so just... your point is, all of his body's power was used on his hotness, and it couldn't get to the brain. And that voice, and the voice. His voice. His wife was probably that understanding when he forgot. I would like, be. Oh, he's probably very just really hot. understanding yeah. if would he forgot you? my yes. If you were very, married to Christian Bell, very understanding. <laughs> Watch out, Riley. Oh my heavens. You know well, you're married to Riley. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> he gets it. I don't know. He calls me a lot. <laughs> Riley, I'm sorry, pal. Dreadlocks, I'm sorry. So, but yes, why can you remember that, but you can't remember 
Well, yeah, what, what the study tells us is that our brain has just massive storage capacity. We remember everything. It's just the recalling sure. that, that's mm. difficult, and we have different types of memory. So we're storing it up well. We just can't yeah. retrieve it. Yeah, so let's say you're, you're, you're at the, the store, and you're trying to remember which G.I. Joe doll your kid wanted for Christmas. and mm-hmm. you, I mean, that, that's why it's difficult. Our brain has trouble recalling the, yeah. the memories, but it's there. That's right. But when you're shown a picture of one G.I. Joe and a different G.I. Joe, you're going to be able to identify you're, you're which like, yeah, one your son wanted. Yeah. That's why I always have my kids text me what they want. I mean, text me anything. Just what they want. Actually, don't talk to me. Just text me. <laughs> Just text that At into At the me. dinner table. Yeah. Yeah. I like that because I, I can remember stuff. So my wife will say – here, will you get this and this and this and this at the store? And I'm like, can you just text me? Sure. <laughs> but how do you work on your recall? Did they figure out no, – that... or do we have to rely on texts for the rest of our lives? Well, I think part of it is you have to have a mission statement for every room. Listen, that is for real, okay? <laughs> I know that you're mocking not... me right now. <laughs> I'm not mocking but you. But that is a great way to... – That's your a house, great way. Your house is your temple, right? Mm, yeah. you got you got to make it a holy place somewhere where you can – I totally agree. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I cannot agree more. I don't know how to recover from that. That's that's dead air. That's dead air right there. Wait. Oh, Um, Sean's raising his hand. Why is he giving me the piece? I don't know. What does that mean? I think that means two minutes. Oh, Uh, there's two minutes left on the show. So, Mike, so your quick quick answer. Quick answer. To how we can recall better. When we first take in – there's a lot of different uh, science and information on this and there's lots of research being done. But when you first take in the information, that's the most important time you have to remember. That's when when you're introducing yourself or or meeting someone new. You really have to pay attention and that's when your brain will activate and move from the short-term memory to long-term memory. This is totally true. you got to focus. Okay, I lose my keys all the time and I can't remember setting them down. It's hard when you have more than one Lexum or Lexus or whatever. How are you supposed to keep track of all those gold keys? Is that but why you so have that keychain that unzips is, from your belt and that then you can let so them go? That would be so cool. Could I have that for Christmas? I'll, that's okay, what I'm thank you. Here. But now the way that I keep track of where my keys are is when I set them down, I remember to remember the noise that they made when I set them down. That's because a great that, idea. that helps me remember where I put them. That's a great and idea. So and so it's like in that instant. So that's totally true, Mike. You know way I to go it? science. You know how I remember your name? Um, it, we've known each other for a year. Nope. That's no, not that's how. not it. <laughs> I... I thought when I met you, yes. Meg, uh-huh. I thought of a mug shot. Oh. And oh. then I had a picture. That would be cool. So you're a Meg shot, a picture of you in gel. Sure. Actually, I would I didn't like even, one of I those. Didn't, I just had to go find yours. I didn't have to make one up. <laughs> Riley has a mug shot. Does he? For real. No, really? Yeah. He got arrested because he didn't pay a speeding ticket. Oh, boy. Riley, we just threw you under the bus. It was super cool. We have it framed in my house. Hey. Um, I'm not lying. Well, we're so proud of <laughs> Meg, no, Meg, put it in the uh, hallway. Ixnay on the uh, mugshot, eh? Phase. Um, <laughs> anyway, this was Meg's last show, and we appreciate her being here. Being here. Meg, you're the best. Thanks for having me. I don't care what they say down what at What everybody says down at headquarters. <laughs> uh, here's a quote for you. I care not what others think of what I do, but I care very much about what I think of what I do. That is character. Guess who said it? Teddy Roosevelt. Not even going to let you answer. Tomorrow on the show, marriage and how marriage, <laughs> marriage and how physical or mental disorders can make it very difficult. You you ought to be here tomorrow. Meg. <laughs> Meg's going to probably join us tomorrow on the show. Marriage and how your uh, physical or mental disorders can make it very difficult. Thanks for joining us, fun f- folks. Tons of fun. <laughs> Love being so with tired. you. 
We're out of here. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Over and out. <laughs>